as God began to speak to me about delivering this word tonight, I, 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 I want to talk to those that are dissatisfied. I want all perfect Christians to get up and leave. It's not the sermon for you. Because this message is for those that have been saying, there's got to be more. I'm desperate. God, I got to have a breakthrough in my family. I got to see something happen in my marriage. I got to see this thing that was promised over my business. I'm going to preach how I feel in my spirit. And God birthed this word in me recently. And it's simply titled the unsettling. When you feel the unsettling when you're saying, God, I'm watching all the stuff going on in our nation. I'm watching all the weird stuff taking place. I'm watching when what now it was wrong is now right and what's right is now wrong. I'm watching as, as they're trying to rewrite the DNA of children and tell them that God messed up on them. That'll tick me off. I'm watching all of the different things happen in our nation and I'm saying, where are the warriors that'll stand up and praise no matter what it costs them? Where are the ones that'll step to the front? Can I preach on this tonight? So I asked the Lord tonight for just a few minutes, God, let your glory interrupt us. And if any point he walks in the room, I will shut up. Because when humanity meets divinity, that's an altar call. But you have to understand. I want to awaken pursuit for just a moment. Now, that's hard to say in a place like this that knows how to worship, that knows how to go after it on both campuses every Sunday, every week. But you have to understand Today is the moment where we start saying, maybe we need to get our authority back. Now, before you pray for authority, understand something. There's something you need to realize about authority. Uh, if you have no uh, enemies, you have no authority. But the minute you begin to ask for authority, you will have enemies. Now, the Bible says, with all that's within you, to live at perfect peace with all men. It, it, now, this, the, every day it's not all within me. Because... I get so stirred up with a righteous fire because I still believe he's not done with our nation. And the unconscious church, follow me for a second, only occupies pews and not lands, but the ones that are conscious to his presence, that's when things start happening. That's when other campuses, y'all need another building in here, but you have to understand, I believe there's a shaking coming to America. Now, I don't want that to freak you out. I believe it's a good shaking. I believe that God, and again, I'm preaching the unsettling. Something is unsettling right now. Something is stirring. I'm going to preach about it for a second because there's that stirring in my heart. I truly believe we are on the verge of one of the greatest moves of God we've ever seen. And I know the other revivals. I've studied the other revivals. I have uh, relics in my house from the other revivals. I have a bench in my house from the first great awakening that I love to sit in and pray in. I want something new. I want Miami. I want the area to be rocked by his presence. I want the sound of prodigals running home. Help me preach for a second because y'all need to know. I believe there's a spirit shift happening where heaven is about to invade earth I'm preaching when heaven invades and we're promised a shaking over in Hebrews the 12th chapter and I'm going to go to Acts 16 in just a moment but Hebrews chapter 12 says this therefore let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken no matter what Congress does no matter what geopolitical war is going on no matter what virus comes back or whatever. <laughs> Use wisdom, Pat. Use wisdom. I'll talk to you about that shot. Now watch. No matter. Sorry. 
The Bible says we're going to be receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Thus, let us offer to God a acceptable worship with reverence and all, for our God is a consuming fire. Now, follow me for a second. I'm going to take you back to the early church. In fact, I want you to go to the book of Acts, and I want to preach about the unsettling. When heaven suddenly invades, when there's no reason, when all is lost, I lift my hands. And the Lord began to speak to me about tonight. He said, I'm going to unlock destinies tonight. Now, I will, I'm always very careful to say, thus saith the Lord, because if you do and it's not, that's witchcraft. But all day he's saying, I'm unlocking some things. There were people that are here that shouldn't even be here. Somehow you got let off work early. Somehow you showed up and you weren't even supposed to be here tonight. And God's saying, because I'm going to unlock some things. So let's go back for a second. Because I believe the day of weekend warriors is over. Those that just show up and... I believe we're in the season of the separating of the goat and the sheep nations. We saw that during COVID. We saw that during all, all of that. We're literally, the, we saw the church dispersed, but only the hungry state. See, a goat will eat anything, but a sheep, the, the sheep, they know his voice. We're seeing the separation. We're seeing churches that once were thriving and alive, but because they refuse to allow the presence of God to come in, they're disappearing. It's like they're just dissolving. It's like Thanos' fifth ring. And even their authority or, or, or their image is disappearing. And I'm saying, God, what are you doing? He said, because I am looking for those that worship me in spirit and truth. No longer the Saul generation that loves worship more than word because it soothes their demons. He said, I'm looking for those that will praise me and then dive into the word. I got to preach the unsettling. I got carried away. Watch, 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 watch. Because I'm preaching about the New Testament church. It was birthed. And in Acts chapter 2, we saw the heavens open. We saw, I'm going to rent this when I get to heaven because the greatest mega church started with 120 and they set the world ablaze. Tongues of fire. But see, what people, most people don't know about the book of Acts, a lot of people think it's like a six-week revival. But it was a 30-year move of God. And Luke, when he's writing the memoirs of the Holy Spirit, you have to understand, he's towards the end of his life. He's writing out everything that took place. And I want to read about the second-generation Christians because those are my favorite. Because Acts chapter 1 through 2 was probably 29 AD, but Acts chapter 16, where we're going in just a moment, was 54 to 57 AD. You have to understand, this wasn't just a blip on the screen. This is now second generation. They've already seen the martyrdom. They've already seen all this. And here is the apostle Paul. He's on his second missionary journey. He planted, he went on four missionary journeys. He traveled roughly 10,000 miles. He hit all the nations, some of which don't even exist anymore. And here he is. He's showing up and we're going to read Acts 16 real quick. And then we're going to come back to it because I'm talking about the attack that has been coming against some of you because you're right on the edge of that moment, right on the edge of that destiny and how you praise through your storm oh you better get a hold of this how you dance when everybody else is sleeping how you cry out when everybody else is ignoring how you decide to no longer be secular but severed from all that help me preach so i'm not going to cut up and joke with you a lot tonight because i feel stirred that this night is on the radar of heaven so let's look at acts chapter 16 really quick because i want to get into this we know the story of Paul and Silas, they get arrested. 
And I'm just going to say something. Your praise invites chaos. Go back to being normal. But the Bible says in Acts, the 16th chapter, again, second generation Christians, the Bible tells us about midnight. Now, let's just stop right there because I hate 9 a.m. Christians. You got what I'm saying? Don't ask them about midnight because they're all wrapped up in Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime. The midnight Christians, those are the ones that have to fight for their babies. Those are the ones that are waiting on a knock from the door at night and they don't want that knock to come and they're praying in the spirit and their mascara is on the floor. Help me for a second. Midnight Christians, these are the ones that fight when nobody else is awake. These are the ones that go after it. These are the ones that are praising when there is no reason to praise. Help me for a second. And I'm reminded of when Karen had COVID and it got so bad. I brought it home. I was preaching in Orlando and, and I came home and I brought covid to our house and i got it she got it but she got it bad and she had it for about four straight weeks and at one point she had had a fever of about 102 for 10 days and i'm watching because i didn't want to take her to the hospital i'm watching our doctor told us not to i'm watching life slip out of her her lips are turning blue she has no more life in her and holy spirit said go to your prayer room i went upstairs and walked past my daughter's room at the time she was doing schooling at home and i said i don't want anybody to bother me and god said go pray in tongues for one hour and i go up there and i'm warring and i'm praying and i said god save my baby save my sweetheart save and after one hour i walked downstairs see it was a midnight moment and I walked downstairs and she's sitting up. And after 10 days, that fever had broke, soaking wet. See, that's the midnight anointing. That's an anointing that only comes from, I got to just preach. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. You have no idea who's listening to your worship. We keep worship going on at our house. We have a sound system. People get rocked at our house constantly. I had a guy walk in that, to fix a garage because Karen's car found it. Mm. <laughs> but about a week, about a month ago, I hit the garage too. So it's like she gave me her disease. But anyway, dude had a tattoo on his eye. I said, hold on. He fixes the garage. I go to get a check out of Karen's office where the, where the treasury of the Lord is. And... And I, I walk back in there, and he's standing there, tattoos, he's from Oakland, California, and, and he's standing there, and he's shaking and weeping. He said, what's in your house? True story. I went, oh, Holy Spirit. You want some? True story. Happens all the time. You don't know who hears your praise. You don't know who's watching. They may be screaming, shut up over there. I'm trying to sleep, but you got your praise going. Suddenly, oh, suddenly these are always preceded by obedience. You should write that down. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken and all it, and at once all the prison doors flew open and everybody got free. I'm going to come back to that. See, you have to understand that. Jesus said, worship me in spirit and in truth. And I have learned that true worship most often takes place when it seems all is lost and when all is suddenly found. It's the Malachi 3. The Bible speaks of books. We know the books of, uh, in the Bible, Revelation speaks of, of those that will make it, those that won't make it. We know all that. But there's a book in Malachi 3.16 called the Book of Remembrance. And it's basically the books of those who praised when they had no reason. I want to be in that book. 
But what you have to understand is heaven still requires a sacrifice. Now, we know we're not Old Testament. If we were still Old Testament, we would not be eating, eating steak because of all y'all sin. Every animal's dead. But in the New Testament, it still requires a sacrifice of praise. That's why Hebrews 13, verse 13 says, so let's go outside where Jesus is, where the action is, not trying to be privileged insiders, but taking our share in the abuse of Jesus. The insider world is not our home. We have our eyes peeled for the city about to come. Somebody say it's coming. I'm talking about invasion. I'm talking about an invasion of his presence. It's about to hit this nation, and I prophesy to you, it is coming. We're at, we're at that moment in time in history where a new scroll is about to be unveiled, where God is about to move. And the invasion I'm talking about is not geopolitical. It's not a red dawn moment. It's not China coming in. In fact, you need to understand most of the nations we know today aren't even mentioned in the Bible. It doesn't talk about Brazil. It doesn't talk about America because it only speaks of the ancient kingdoms. But what you have to understand is I believe there's a shift that is coming when heaven invades earth. It goes on to say, let me finish reading this, but taking our share in the abuse of Jesus, this insider world is not our home we have our eyes peeled for the city about to come let's take our place outside with jesus no longer no longer no longer pouring out sacrificial no longer sacrificial blood of animals but pouring out sacrificial praise see i'm going somewhere reminded of psalm 78 verse 23 see he still speaks he's still moving Till he spoke on their behalf, and the skies opened up, and the windows of heaven poured out food, the mercy bread manna, the grains of grace fell from the clouds. What are you talking about? I'm talking about living a life under heaven's portal where God begins to move and he begins to stir. You're going to begin to fill it the next 24 hours in your house. You'll be walking past certain spots in your house or your apartment, wherever you live. And all of a sudden, he says, I'm right here. Spend some time with me. It's time for someone to wake up. That's literally my alarm, so. Do like me, 17 times, snooze it. <laughs> but write this down. Heaven must invade earth. What does this have to do with revive? I'll show you, I'll show you, I'll show you. Because you have to realize Jesus preached the kingdom everywhere he preached the kingdom. Miracles then followed. The realm of kingdom of heaven was central theme of Jesus. His sermon on the mount, Matthew 5 through 7. It's all about heaven invading earth. Matthew chapter 6. Now watch, because I don't want your lifestyle to change when you get to heaven. It says, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, I want you to know that when you get to heaven, nothing should change. Now, when you get to heaven, most Christians are going to spend the first 30 minutes in heaven going, are you serious? He made it. Then <laughs> she didn't. What? But no, you're going to walk into heaven where your precious father is, where my precious mom is. You have to understand, I believe that when I get to heaven, it's going to be so amazing. I believe that at different points throughout time, which will be just a second, suddenly the trumpets will blast and glory will walk by and everyone will drop in praise. See, it's about living in a spontaneous anointing and understanding that God is moving right now on earth. He's moving right now in your house. I'm going to prove it. I love what Bill Johnson said. He pastors out in Reading. He made a statement. Every instance Jesus preached the kingdom him or commanded it miracles followed this message was to be a declaration of his lordship and dominion so when we say let it be done on earth as it is in heaven that's a kingdom mindset 
There's no disease. There's no depression. There's no discouragement. There's none of that in heaven. He goes on to say, followed by demonstrations of power, illustrating that his world is invading ours. Consider what is meant by this promise. There will be a generation of believers that will preach as he did, doing what he did in every nation of the world before the end comes. The present reality of kingdom will be ma become manifest and realized in the everyday life of the believer. The lordship of Jesus will be seen and the bounty of his rule will be experienced. That world will break into this one at every point the Christian prays in faith. I'm talking about heaven invading earth. I'm talking about if you work in the hospital in the cancer ward, watching God do things, living at a level of faith that is mind-blowing. But before we can go deeper into talking about living a life where heaven invades earth and seeing God shift your workplace, shift your home, shift your campus, before you can do that, I got to confront something. So let me talk about the death of the mute spirit. Or rather, defeating the ventriloquist spirit. What in the world are you talking about? There's a spirit that is mocking. You'll see it in the media. You'll see it in politics. You'll see it in every frame right now. Mocking us. Telling what we believe is a lie. Deconstructing. Coming at the believer every point like we've never seen before. Watch. It masquerades in culture and politics and preachers and politicians. It's on our nation. The battle to even praise requires you to quiet your soul for a second and go, I need you. I need you, God. And then the water level of the Holy Spirit begins to rise as you begin to worship. But watch this. In Acts chapter 16, again, Paul is on his second missionary journey. He's already had a bad breakup in the last one. Things aren't going that great for him. And the Bible says one day as we were going down to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit. Now notice right there, it's little s, little spirit, not big s like Holy Spirit. That enabled her, but that spirit actually has a name. If you go deeper into scripture, if you... Um, hermeneutically break down that word i'm going to do that for you in a second you'll understand it's not just like oh she oh she had a spirit no 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 this is different that enabled her to tell the future she earned a lot of money for her masters by telling fortunes she followed paul and the rest of us shouting these men are servants of the most high god and they have come to tell you how to be safe you would almost think that's like a great introduction like man even demons are declaring jesus but it's a mocking spirit very different it is mocking in fact understand something when you break down the word spirit right there paul and silas actually encounter a snake A couple years ago, our son came to us and he goes, Mom and Dad, I, he had one of the most powerful youth ministries, helped lead it in America, moved to Texas. He comes to us and he walks in the house and he goes, God told me to run for office. I got to fight against the life of the unborn. I got to fight against the stuff that's happening to a generation. And I'm standing there going, wow, I got to get some stuff off YouTube. It's like I do. You gonna get that's gonna be in commercials. Oh, let me get rid of that. <laughs> Son, change your name. <laughs> if they read some of the stuff I wrote in Unqualified, or why is God so mad at me when he's not mad at you, he's mad about you. If they read, woo, you're done. But Karen immediately goes, The Lord just told me you'll win. And it was so fun in the darkest moments of that campaign when he nobody believed, I'd go, Hope you didn't miss it. 
<laughs> but she didn't. And he won. Overall of Fort Worth was the congressman. But then the hell happened. Then because he stood up for the fact that children should not have their sexual identity changed under the knife of a surgeon. Then when he said children should not sit and watch drag queens perform sexual performances. And he authored that bill. And he authored a bill for Texas to join with churches to pay for every child in Texas to be adopted, which Karen testified at. All the attacks started coming. The battles started happening. Things started going on. Email, or rather, articles about our family, the attacks, people standing on, our front, on their front steps with signs mocking the police having to be called to protect my family. And every single time I would say, my son would say to me, but he called me to do this. One day he was going through it so badly. I had been encouraging him for two days. He was going through it so badly. He was under attack. He, CNN, Colbert, all these people attacked him. All this crazy demonic stuff. And he's under attack. And at one point I said, Elijah, get out of the cave. God's walking by. It's time to go to war. And another point, this went on for about three days. And finally Karen gets on the phone and she goes, Nate, the Lord told me to just tell you this. And I had been encouraging him for three days, folks. And all of a sudden she goes, Nate, the Lord just told me to tell you, if you are deeply loved in ministry, if you want to be deeply loved, he'll put you back in ministry. You were known all over America as the youth guy. He'll love you. But if you really want to change a nation, he'll give you fireproof armor. And immediately goes, oh my God, that is what I've been waiting to hear. I'm like, three days. He goes, I know dad, but none of that was as good as what mom just said. But the reason why I tell you that is the minute you're about to get to your breakthrough, all hell is, some of you have been called to change government. Some of you have been called to start things. And don't you know the minute you get a desire to start something different, whether it's in business, the big bill comes in? Don't you know? And some of you, you're right on the edge of the corner of destiny and circumstances, and you're encountering a ventriloquist spirit, a mocking spirit, a choking spirit. And the word snake there, uh, the Greek word for spirit is pneuma pythona, or because Paul was in Greece at this point, is, is a Pythian spirit, a spirit that can tell the future. This referred to the legendary snake in Greek mythology that guarded the Delphic Oracle in central Greece. Follow me. They encounter a demon, an ancient demon. Apollo supposedly killed this snake and the snake spirit dwelled in the priestess there. So a python spirit referred to a spirit that enabled someone to predict the future. Such people generally spoke with the mouth closed, uttering words completely out of their control and were known as ventriloquists. In other words, their mouth is shut, but they're still talking. That's freaky. I turn that movie off. Mm-mm. I've been messed up since Freddy. I mean, I can't watch that stuff. I think our youth ministry showed it to us when I was 13. It messed me up. That and Thief in the Night, both of them did the same thing. So, watch. And Paul did not want a demonic python spirit being his witness. So every day they're going to pray, and as they're going to pray, all of a sudden, can I just say something? The python spirit, it, it, here's how it does. It attacks its prey. It smothers it, and it puts it to sleep. Hello, American church. During COVID, we went quiet. 
and the lunatics went loud. And we lost our place of moral compass and authority in our nation. And you need to understand something. It's time for the church to get loud again and say, you know what? You know what? You're not going to shut us down again. Our son helped pass the law in Texas. You can't shut the church down ever again. You have to understand. There's a moment where you say, we're going to stand up and it squeezes the life out of you. I don't know if you've ever encountered a spirit. I was preaching in El Salvador one time and we had seen like 2,000 young people radically come from the mountains, come down to this village, get radically saved. It was powerful. And the next day they were taking me to villages to preach and I had my interpreter with me. And that morning I spoke at a large church, but then the rest of the day I'm pulling into little villages where literally you pull in and there's like a, a lean-to where you stand up and preach and it's just surrounded little village. And all of a sudden I pull in and I'm preaching on the healing of marriages because pastors' wives were leaving pastors like by the droves uh, leading into perversion there in El Salvador. So the national director said, would you preach on healing of marriages? I said, sure. And so as I'm preaching, when I pulled into the village, I see this little lady out stirring this pot in the center of the village. And while I'm preaching, she's staring at me. And I'm preaching, and there's about 100 people in the village. And all of a sudden, she pulls this rope out, but it wasn't a rope. It looked like a rope, but it was smoke, and she slung it at me. So while I'm preaching it, it's coming straight at us towards me and the interpreter. <laughs> and I don't even know if he was saved. And all of a sudden, <laughs> we're both watching it, and it's coming right towards us. And true story, it wraps around our necks. But as it's coming towards us, I said, church, say Jesus, say Jesus, say Jesus. And all of a sudden, they start saying Jesus. And finally, it wraps around my neck and around his neck, and we could not breathe. And it was a demonic spirit, and I screamed, Jesus, and it broke. Oh, if the church would learn to say Jesus again. If we could walk into the crowds of chaos and say Jesus. But here they are. They've encountered a snake. I don't like snakes. Adam should have done his job. A couple years ago, I was on my way to a Cowboys game. God bless their soul. Watch. <laughs> and I had a couple friends with me, and we're going to a Cowboys game, and, and uh, we're going to the game, and as we're pulling in, Karen had gone out to the garage, and, and our workout stuff was in the garage at the time, and she suddenly sends me a picture. True story. She's going to ride the Peloton, and she sends me a picture of this giant probably 30 foot copperhead it was two feet still and I look at my friends and I said y'all get out of the car I gotta go home We're literally I'm pulling into the stadium I said y'all get out I gotta go home and kill a snake and as I drop them off and I'm starting to pull off all of a sudden all I get sent to me is a picture of a head because Karen had went and grabbed a shuttle a shovel and said not today Satan Chopped its head off. Let me tell you something. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm telling you, Mary a redneck. They're crazy, but they're fun. She's from Georgia, raised in Florida. She's all mixed up. Because if I'd have went home, I'd have grabbed the AR. There'd have been bullets all over that stinker. I'd have been... The Bible says this went on day after day after day. Paul got so exasperated that he said to the demon, come out, and instantly left her. And this spirit was a mocking spirit. I got to hurry. I got to hurry. It even says the right things to you. 
It messes with your cognitive dissidence. It messes with your love for people's soul and not their spirit. You'll begin to buy into the lies of culture. It'll begin to tell you this, but you love them. They're okay. They'll twist scripture. They'll say abortion was in the Bible. They'll say Jesus was gay. I'm telling you, I've heard this stuff. And we don't throw rocks. We, we throw ropes. We pull people out of things. So get my heart on that, what I just said. But they'll twist scripture for their own gain. It's happening in our nation right now. It's happening at the highest levels. And God is saying, I want my church to rise up. Because she was exercising preeminence at that moment. This, these are declaring they're the servants of the most high God. But her motives, her, her motives was to exercise preeminence, to own the moment. And Paul said, I cannot let this introduce me anymore. I'm just trying to get some prayer in. I just started a journey. I had a bad breakup over here with Barnabas. I'm going through some different things. And he finally just turns around and says in the name of the most high God and she went how many of you ever want to do that to the back seat with your kids <laughs> don't do it tried it but when her owners realized what she had done or what had happened don't mess with the economy Their hope of making money was gone. They seized them. They dragged them into the marketplace. And they said, they brought them before the magistrates. They said, these men are Jews advocating unlawful for us Romans to accept. Follow what I'm trying to say because I want to get this out to you quickly. Have you ever gotten weary? Reminds me of Gideon's army. It says they were fainting, yet they were pursuing. Judges 8-4. We're watching as our nation goes all these different directions and the church is sitting back going, I don't know how to handle this because I want to show them love, but I also want to show them, show them truth. Truth is love. But am I crazy? Because sometimes I feel crazy. Am I crazy that I still believe God can rescue the lost? Can I, am I crazy that I believe that all men, all races should be praising together? Maybe I'm crazy like that. Am I crazy because I love that God made two, two distinct sexes? Am I crazy that I believe God and his majesty created all people of all race and colors and creed to be one people, one nation? Are you with me so far? Am I crazy? Because not, not to lose the distinctive, but that we're still one nation. Am I crazy because I, I, I partied when they said no longer will an entire nation go into to killing children am I crazy for something like that yes we have grace for the past but follow me am I crazy because I believe it's time for the church to be the compass of a nation and not the compliance arm of the government can I tell you if the world thinks you're crazy you're doing something right in fact John chapter 8 I love it in the message bible if you need to write a sermon you need one little thing to stick out look the message bible it's the truth it's like we find where it says he's crazy Jesus said, I'm not crazy. See? Right there. I simply honor my father while you dishonor me. I am not trying to get anything for myself. God intends something glorious, grand here, and is making the decisions that will bring it about. I say this with absolute confidence. If you practice what I'm telling you, you'll never have to look at death in the face. But they thought Jesus was crazy. And what you have to understand, the day of spineless ministry is over. The day of spineless Christianity is over. You better know what you believe. You better get in your prayer closet before you walk out of your house every day. Before your kids go on that campus, you better prophesy their future before somebody tells them a false identity. And there's a moment where you walk in such authority and such anointing that you can show up on a Monday night. Because y'all just crazy enough to come up on a Monday night. You can show up on a Monday night and say, I'm going to show up and praise. I'm going to fight through that Miami traffic. I'm going to get in there because I'm going to get mine. Somebody say. I'm going to get mine. 
You should have a mindset every morning when you wake up before the whole house wakes up. I'm going to get mine because he's got some new bread for me this morning. He's new every morning. And there's an understanding. Listen to me. We must restore our God channel. This is the heavenly frequency that he is speaking things and declaring things over you. And he's declaring some over and over. God says he speaks. This is my son. When he said this is my son. The heavens split. The whole world heard it. You would have heard it on Miami Beach. Because the heavens tore. One of my, mine and Karen's favorite verses is Psalms 27 verse 8. My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. My favorite verse that will be on my tombstone, Karen. Matthew 10, 27. You promise, right? Okay. It goes fine. What I whisper to you in the dark, you'll proclaim from the rooftops. That's my life verse. Everything with ministry, business, the new book we're writing, he whispers to me. He talks to me. It's my God channel. Heaven's frequency hasn't changed. It, your attention has. He still talks. We have to pause again. Psalm 68 verse 19. What a glorious God. He gives us salvation over. Then daily he carries our burdens. Praise in his presence. Or excuse me. Pause in his presence. Our God is a mighty God. I'm preaching about what is about to happen in America. And you better be ready. Because you say is it going to be bad? I don't know about all that. Because I'm not, I'm not the end times eschatology game. I can tell you that I believe God is about to hit our nation with a move of the spirit. That's going to be so different. And so radical. And so refreshing. I'm not going to stand in line for 24 hours to get in a building somewhere it's going to happen wherever you walk because you are a mobile upper room and wherever you go demons ought to be diving out windows because something in you is so much big oh you ain't helping me preach for a second it's an understanding that i am a temple not a shack take the for sale sign down i've been bought with a price there ain't no welcome mat right here for demonic things where i go where i carry oh i got to preach for a second but it's that spirit of dissatisfaction Paul got dissatisfied at that very moment. I love what was written many years ago. The inner history of revival is characterized by a profound sense of desperation, awakening in many hearts. This is an old book right here. Watch this. This was written years ago. The inner history of revivals is characterized by a profound sense of desperation, awakening in many hearts. A period of weariness and exhaustion invades the heart. Hello, America. Hello, American church. The pleasure of the world is no longer satisfying. People become sick in soul. Men turn with a sigh to God until it becomes a vast human need until its urgency beats with violence against the very gates of heaven a spirit of intercession somebody start praying in the Holy Ghost right now wherever you're at if you do that pray in the Holy Spirit awaits with expectation that will not be denied God says dissatisfaction is what he's bringing back to the body of Christ we can't do it like we used to do it and he's saying I'm about to punch a hole through the atmosphere A while back, several months ago, I looked at Karen. We're driving down the road. I said, I'm going to sound crazy. But I hear music in our house every night at about 3 a.m., symphonic music. We have a sound system, so I get up and check it. Not there. It was in our last house, too. I said, I hear music every night at 3 a.m. And she goes, wow, so do I. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? We hear symphonic music every night, and nothing is turned on. Everything is off in the middle of the night at our house. And then the Lord said, Zephaniah. He said, I'm singing over you. Heaven invades earth. He said, I'm singing over you. He'll rejoice over you with joyful songs. 
He says, you're my workmanship. Ephesians 2 verse 10, you are my workmanship created for my glory, which means poem or song. I'm talking about when God starts invading your home and you come to church and talk about it, not go home from church and talk about what happened. You walk in the back door and say, you ain't going to believe what kind of move of God broke out in my little 16-year-old's bedroom this morning. It's an, it's an anointing to say he's ready to invade. It means walking differently, thinking differently. You have to know where I'm going with this tonight. God is saying, I want to do something, but repentance opens the heavens again if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face he says I'll heal the land you cannot have his kingdom while your kingdom still exists it's James 4 8 come near to God he'll come near to you you want kingdom you want God to invade when Matthew 4 verse 17 from that time of Jesus began to preach repent for my kingdom is near God's saying I want to move I want Holy Spirit to come and do what it does and let me just talk about Holy Spirit for a second because I am so sick of people preaching stuff like well the Holy Spirit's a gentleman <laughs> Put down your Joyce Meyer devotional. That is not in the Bible. He's a disruptor. He's a comforter, which means to cut away. It's the male form of the word. He is the one that will knock you off your horse, Saul. He will invade. And when he walks in, father, who is a drug dealer, knock him to his knees when I was five years old and dumped $2,000 worth of dope down a commode that was owned by the mafia. We think sometimes the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He won't interrupt me. It's almost like we think he's a little English guy. Hello. <laughs> Would you like some tea and crumpets? No. Pretty good, right? Isn't it? Karen hates it when we go to Europe because I do that. He's a disruptor, man. I don't want some tempered down Holy Spirit. I want him to walk in and shake me to my core. I want him to fix my home. And I'm wrapping up right here. And what you have to understand as I close, as I come to the close right here. He's a counselor, a rebuker, a convictor, an extorter. He's an all-consuming fire. Don't you reduce the third person down to an English butler. I love what my friend Larry Sparks said. He's head of Destiny Image. We just ate lunch together this week. He lives right down the street from me, and you're going to hear his Texas draw. We just ate with him on Wednesday. But he said, I've heard people say that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. We've taken this to mean that the Spirit of God will not move with unfusual power or force. He won't make us uncomfortable. That's a lie. You know you're a redneck when you say that's a lie. You got to hear it like that. That's Texas. That's a lie. Mm. He won't make it. He goes on to say, you know how I know? Because God's chief concern is not man's comfort. It's his kingdom. Jesus never seemed to consider comfort when he healed the sick or drove out demons. These kingdom advancing activities always brought great freedom while simultaneously attracting significant reproach from the religious community. You got to close. Preaching about the unsettling. After that repentance thing I talked about there, I promise you if you'll do it, you'll experience Acts 319 seasons of refreshing. But taking territory is going to require a new level of praise, church. You can't do pre-COVID worship. Everything shifted. 
God is calling you. And the Bible tells us, because I feel the tectonic plates over this house shifting. It's like God saying, you have no idea what I've got for Metro. And because you're under this covering, it's raining on you. Out of this house, he can raise up millionaires with pure hearts. Out of this house, he can raise up missionaries to nations. School board people. In this room might be the next, or future rather, present in the United States. Who knows? But you're going to have to learn how to praise through the attack. In Acts 16, it goes on to tell us, and I'm done. Stand with me if you would. Why would you preach this on Revive Night? Because this is all about the revive. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. I wonder what they were singing. How did that song go again? So we lift. I wonder if they were singing that. Can you see them hanging there? They have no skin on their body. The Bible says they were taken in. They were beaten and now they're hanging. And as they're singing, as they're worshiping, everyone in the inner cell was listening. I wonder if Paul looked over at Silas and said, come on, Silas, you can do this. With all the pain in his body, no skin on his body. Lift Every nation. I don't know what they were singing, but I'm going to rent it when I get to heaven. All because they shut up a spirit. They're now hanging with no skin on their body. But the Bible says they praised. So everybody's been going through stuff, lady, lift your hands. Everybody that feels like I was just trying to live. I was just trying to go after him. I was just trying to praise him. And then the attack came. Your voice has to be louder than the mocking spirit. Watch this. They're worshiping. And heaven goes. Can't let them do this alone. My two guys are down there hanging. They have no skin on their body because they've been beaten. And they're worshiping. And all those that are in prison are just listening. It's a midnight hour moment. How you respond to what was designed to string you up. I've had a few of those. Karen, you know you have leukemia. I'm not going to call it leukemia anymore because you told me not to. But So what do we do? Every morning and evening we worshipped. For one year while your body got ravaged. Till finally the doctor walked in and said, your DNA changed. 
It's not an overnight moment. Someday you'll write a book called 42. When you should have been done. You'll write about it. Mom and dad. I'm confused. About my identity. And you wait. And you wait. Till Holy Spirit. Walks in and crowns them anew. Trying to get this to you. Day of doing church with our fire tunnels. And there's nothing wrong with all that. I did a few hundred of those at camps. It's different, man. This is a different move of God. It's how shine your shoes. Because I need to be a servant. It's different. And as they start singing, God says, you will not engage my worship. It starts exploding the walls on every side. And he just starts tapping chains because he likes a choir or read Revelation 5. To the point that the future New Testament Philippi pastor who was a prison guard at the time comes running in and says oh man now I'm gonna I gotta I gotta take my own life I've, I'm losing my prisoners and what did what did what did, what did he say don't harm yourself we're still here we're just praying when no one's awake man I feel a shift he just walked in the room Hear the sound of depression falling off of you as you lift our hands to you. Sir, what must I do to be saved? He went through all that junk to get this guy saved. This guy would become a pastor. It's believed. Philippians pastor in a businesswoman's house called Lydia. So I lift my hands when I'm weary and exhausted. When the world keeps coming after me. When I hate my job. (laughs) But I know he has more for me. I'm still going to praise your name because I know my, my breakthrough is just around the corner for my family, my marriage, and my friends. I don't know what's going on with me. Y'all just give it up. Just, give, just let me do this for a second. He's rewriting me on the inside a little bit. Lift your hands. So say this, so I'll praise regardless of where I've been hiding. Because he is not done with me yet. So let's sing that, the real verses. So I lift my hands, give glory to your name. Yeah, 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 come 
across this room all over this room Holy Spirit is moving he says this is what he spoke to my heart he pricked my spirit a moment ago at the end of this in just a minute I'm going to read a prophetic word I believe it's for everyone in this house so you, we've got that ready right but with your eyes shut across this room there are people that God says I miss you when did you lose your praise when did you lose your ability to press into me was it the divorce Was it just exhaustion? God says, I am asking you because you've given in to the the suffocating spirit. He says, I'm asking you to get free tonight. If he could speak and raise himself up on a cross and declare it is finished for me, I can declare the garbage in my life is finished for him. He had to fight to get his breath. It is finished. And all over this house, God is saying, I'm looking for people. This house has seen nothing yet. You say, well, that's what evangelists are supposed to say when they show up. No, 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 I don't say that. I'm telling you, the walls are breathing. And they're expanding. But with your eyes shut, forgive me, I've made you keep them shut for a long time. And that's not fair to you. So just look at me for a second. He's saying, I'm longing for you to come hang out with me. I heard you say, come. And I said, Lord, I'm coming. It's taking me a little bit, but I'm going to get there. And all over this house, God is saying, I desire to know you. And for you to know me in a new, unique way. That's the unsettling. He's making even friends not fun anymore. He's making even like 
stuff it's just like chewing rocks it just ain't working no more old gimmicks don't work anymore old addictions don't work it's like ah he's saying draw near to me and i'll draw near to you you say pat i need an encounter with god raise your hand right now come on get bold i don't give a rip who, who sees you get bold cool I'm asking you to do something that's a little bit maybe unorthodox and I'm good with it. If your hand is raised and you don't give a rip what nobody thinks, come stand up here. Give me five minutes. Just come stand. As you're walking down, you're going to feel God go, there you go. You're going to hear him go, there you go. There you go. Come on. There you go. He's saying, there you go. There you go. Been waiting on you. So pray this out loud. Say, Jesus, I know that you are the Christ heaven just stopped when you said that so say it bolder I know you are the Christ the one true God all other false gods bow today I need your kingdom to come into my life change me forgive me restore my soul Jesus interrupt me with your love with your authority and your freedom say Jesus when I lift both hands I want my chains to fall off as I start praising you depression fear anger, discouragement lust, everything when I lift my hands I'm declaring my prison is breaking open because you're the one true God and I acknowledge you voices of the enemy you have no more authority I will not be muted by by that in Jesus name so when I lift my hands I'm asking God to release in me a boldness a fierceness to praise at the midnight to declare in the morning to walk this thing out fill me with your spirit when I lift my hands every chain fall off me and my family are you ready? lift your hands now so we lift our hands so we lift our hands give glory to you. oh we're gonna give you glory season new season i hear the sound of prodigals coming home new doctor's reports that says we don't know what happened here something changed and you're gonna say i worship Let me do something. Can I read something to you? 
the Lord said I can only release this over houses that he gives me permission and again I'm telling you the truth he spoke to me this afternoon and said you can release this here he gave me this word and I believe it's for every person and I'm done when I read this to you a few months ago I was praying and he spoke this word go ahead and bring that up if you have it there we go and I wrote it down for this year the righteous cry out and the Lord hears them he delivers them from all the troubles Psalms 34 17 remember we cry out the Lord says I'm about to shift this land I'm changing the landscape I will turn back the tide of darkness for a season I'm calling my children back to me just as Ezra did when we built the altar and the remnant came home my people are to no longer operate as citizens of the systems of this world I will empower them to be strangers and pilgrims part two they will be my serpent and dove. In this season, you'll be challenged and threatened, but fear not, for I will not only guard you, but I have already dispatched angels to surround you. You must fight against the lies of culture and the confusion that has settled on my inheritance. God calls the lost his inheritance. That person that you say, man, they ain't, nothing, they ain't never gonna change. Be careful, that's God's inheritance you're talking about. He gets pretty intense about his inheritance. You must worship in the quiet moments and declare in the confused moments. Cognitive dissonance kicks in and says, well, but man, you know, maybe, no, no, no. Declare his word. It'll, it, it, it cleans it up. Let me finish reading this. I give you this promise. If you'll walk in me and I in you, you will see fruit as never before seen. I've already begun to turn the impossible in your favor. This isn't just some, some hopium. I wrote this shaking in a hotel room on my face. And he said, deliver it where I tell you to. Haven't been able to deliver it in a lot of places. This day I'm quieting the voice of Nebuchadnezzar. These are those that only declare my name when I prove myself. These are those that praise me when it's convenient. I am sending confusion to those that will not stand in wholeness of heart and spirit with me. I have destined you to walk out this season with my, with my armor, my spirit, my authority. Watch how I move. I have created a portal of my glory over this house. Ask me today for a miracle and I will meet you where you stand. I will give you lands, dwelling places, and territory. I have the deeds in my hand. Ask. So now, hold on, with the freedom of your hands, because you just broke them loose, I want you to lift your hand again. Wide open palms. We're going to sing this one more time. But I want you to tell the Lord, Lord, with purity of heart, I'm asking you for this. Ask him. Whatever it might be, make it crazy. Not the systems of the world. Don't ask him to help you win the lottery on Saturday night. <laughs> ask him to give you the keys to his kingdom. He'll give them to you. So we're going to sing this again. And I'm going to tell you when I want you to shut your hands. But let's sing this one more time. Ready? So I lift my hands. Give Lord now stretch up farther. Stretch farther. Stretch farther. Say, Jesus. I receive my promise key. My deed. Ready? Say in Jesus' name. What's been locked will be unlocked. New season of miracles, dreams, ideas, expansion, deeds. Now close your hand and take the key. He says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. That's power and authority. This is the season to say, don't mess with me, I'm a king's kid. Yes. 